Johanna, Johanna, where are you now? Could it be you're still here somehow? Johanna, Johanna, where are you now? Is it true you're still here somehow? Now today it's a different place All the same with a new face With strange mysteries hanging in the air People in their sane minds Swear they see you today Are you looking for the love they took away? Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. And that lovely music you just heard is, of course, my friend, the one and only Bobby Mackey. Check out more of his songs on iTunes. Grain burials. Ever hear of them? It's when the body is prepared for burial without the usage of all the chemical preservatives, the embalming fluid, and what have you. This allows the body to be naturally recycled, if you will. Well, when my grandpa Charlie was sick and it was known that his days were quite limited, my mom talked with him about burial options and it was actually decided that he would be buried on my mom's property, her ranch, which is nestled up in Penitente Canyon in the beautiful mountains of Colorado. Now, of course, (laughs) I can't speak for the whole state of Colorado, but when it comes to Sawatch County, I can confidently say that my grandpa Charlie was the first legal green burial on a private property. You see, my sister Casey, she was in college at the time and was staying in the dorms. And at the time, she was sleeping on a cot and my mom was bringing her a twin bed. It was my sister's birthday. So in addition to changing out the beds, my mom and stepdad Mike they were going to take her out to lunch and then visit my grandpa, Charlie. Well, unfortunately, they were about 20 minutes or so away from going to visit him when they got the phone call that he passed away. So they were actually putting the cot in the bed of the truck when they heard of the sad news. A while back, I interviewed my mom, if you will, and she shared with me the details of her green burial experience. One interesting fact is that with green burials, since the body is not being embalmed, the family has 24 hours from the time of death to get the deceased in the ground. When he died, I unfortunately was stuck in Northern California, and there was just absolutely no way I could get there in 24 hours. So unfortunately, I did miss the funeral. So before he passed away, my mom had done all the paperwork, which was in his file at the hospital he was staying at. It was kind of like a elderly person's care place, uh, assisted living. So on the way to my grandpa's, they stopped at the store and bought a dozen roses and a gorgeous quilt. So they get there and this is what my mom told me. She says, when we showed up, they had already tidied him up. I wanted to change his socks. There was something about it. I wanted to put socks on him. Grandpa had diabetes. So with diabetes, his feet and legs and calves were always swollen and purple. Very heavy, so heavy that he couldn't even walk in the end, unfortunately. So I went to lift his one leg up, thinking that 
I'm going to have to wrestle a little with it, you know? And whew, it went up as light as a feather. It just went up so easily. I was able to put his sock on. I put that leg down and I lifted up the other leg. The same thing. So easy in the air. Whew. As light as a feather. I was amazed. So I wrapped him in the quilt. His hands were on his chest and I put a rose in his hand. He was in his bed and everyone working came with us and wheeled him out. We slid him in the back of the truck. It was perfect because we had that cot from Casey's dorm back there. We drove to the town clerk's home. We already had filled all the paperwork out. They actually gave us the death certificate early, which they never release. It was totally filled out. The town clerk told me to fill it out early and to also get a letter from my father stating that, Hey, toots, I do want to be buried up on that ranch of yours, sweetheart. So... At the time, he was in and out of a coma. This was a couple of weeks prior to his passing, so I asked her, what happens if he dies before I can get this signature? She goes, well, you better hurry. Later on, I found out that the family can make that decision for the person. However, at the time, of course, we had to wait a few days for Grandpa to be in his conscious state because he had already said that he wanted to be buried up there. But I had to get a signature, which we eventually got. It was in the file. The only other thing we needed was the doctor's signature, the town clerk's signature, and the time of death. Okay, so that's what my mom had to say about that bit. So one of the neat things about small towns, my mom asked the town clerk, you know, like what would happen if my dad died on the weekend or after hours. And she actually gave my mom her personal phone number and home address and replied, come to my house. So get this guys. She goes to the town clerk's home, does what she has to do. And my grandpa, meanwhile, is in the back of the truck. I don't think she knew that. So he died in Rio Grande County but was being buried in Sawatch County. So my mom had to actually involve both counties. For those who are interested in green burials, here's a couple tips. Things my mom learned and had to do with my grandpa Charlie. So you have to actually GPS the grave so they know exactly where it is. So down the line, if you ever move away and somebody else ends up, you know, owning the property, then they at least know that there is a legal burial on the property. And they didn't move into Ted Bundy's old house. Serial killer. So another thing you always hear about burying the dead six feet deep, right? Well, amazingly enough, my mom was told, no, that's incorrect. Legally, you only need to bury the person two feet. FYI, they buried him six feet down anyways. But, you know, I was shocked to hear the two feet because... That doesn't seem very deep at all. I mean, especially somewhere like Colorado where there's bears, cougars, coyotes, and what have you. Uh, just, yeah. So I was pretty shocked, but two feet legally. So on the way back to town, the clock is racing. You know, she has less than 24 hours to get my grandpa in the ground. So as they're in the car driving, she's calling family members and friends of the family. And they knew of the time-sensitive matter and its urgency and they all start getting in their cars and meeting up on the road and a funeral procession begins. 
with my cousin and aunt and uncle and family friends in tow, they make their way through the highway and then dirt roads up in the mountains up to the ranch. Now, remember, they had my grandpa in the bed of the truck. Usually it would be a hearse or an ambulance or some other official vehicle transporting the deceased. I was surprised they let my mom take the body herself. So I asked her about that and here's her response. She said to me, yeah, see, I think they don't know how to handle stuff like that. I acted like we knew what we were doing and they kind of just went along with it. This is so unusual that there's really no protocol for that. So if they don't have the book or instructions and somebody comes and says, hey, toots, I'm taking the body. I mean, we had the papers signed. Everything was in order. They knew what was going to happen when it did. And we didn't know the legalities of, of it if there was such a thing. So I just don't know. Now the funeral itself, the burial. My mom shares her green burial funeral experience. We all meet up at the ranch. Bo was staying here at the time being our ranch hand, so he had the hole dug and had put tiki torches out. Three torches were behind the gravesite and three solar lamps were in the front so nobody would get burned. So we pulled the truck up to the house just up the hill from the gravesite and everybody met up there. Our friend Stephen brought a really old, really nice bottle of whiskey. There were a few that didn't join the procession, but came up shortly afterwards. Your grandpa always had the TV on watching his sports, of course. So I brought in a boom box when I came to visit him. And along with Dean Martin's love songs, which he absolutely loved. Okay, I must mention something real quick. When my mom was sharing this green burial experience, it was for my book and Also, I ended up using it for my radio show, so I was recording our conversation, and I was in North Carolina at the time, and so we recorded via telephone. So as I'm sitting there listening to the recording and taking notes for my book, I hear a man's voice in the background. And now, mind you, we just recorded the day before, and so it's not like, you know, we recorded a few weeks earlier or whatever. It was just fresh, just less than 24 hours. So... The first time I heard the man's voice was when my mom mentioned whiskey. Now, my grandpa was an alcoholic, and he quit drinking a few years before his death. So the words were unintelligible, but I'm assuming he was happy about the whiskey part, okay? (laughs) Um, After the man speaks, whistling is recorded. So I call my mom on the phone, and I ask her, hey, was was Mike, uh, my stepdad, was he awake and in the room talking when we were talking the day before? She's like, no, I was alone. The man spoke as my mom was talking and then whistled. So I made sure to ask if, you know, was the TV on or, or friends or anything there, all in which she replied, no, I'm alone. Well, the whistling was caught several times on my recorder. My mom doesn't recall him ever being a whistler, but I remember him whistling when I was a kid. Another badass thing that took place when she mentioned Dean Martin saying Dean Martin's love songs, which he loved, the same man who spoke earlier and whistled, he whispered, I did. So I did. This was so close. This voice as if he bent down and spoke over my mom's shoulder and into the phone. 
So I, I don't know. I 100% believe that my grandpa was there with my mom and I believe he was with her that day, letting himself be known by the whistles and the EVPs. So anyways, my mom continues on saying, we took the boombox with the love songs and brought it up. We put it in the back of the truck as Mike slowly drove the truck over to the grave site, which is probably about an acre away. As he slowly drove down, we all walked down behind it with Dean Martin's love songs playing. Everybody loves a baby, that's why I'm in love with you. Pretty baby, pretty baby. There must have been about 10 of us there because I had given dad a rose in his hand. Everybody took a rose. And after I read the letter that you wrote for him, I put a rose with your letter down with him. We took grandpa out of the truck and we lowered him into the ground. Mike and I carried him down there. It was interesting. You know, he, he wasn't heavy at all. It was so easy. I mean, it didn't take much energy. It was just really interesting. When they talk about dead weight, it's not like you're trying to move a big bag of potatoes, you know? It it was very easy just to maneuver him. When we laid him down, we we tucked him into the quilt. We uncovered his face so we can give him a kiss and say goodbye. We brought down his two dogs, Baby and Scooby, so they could say goodbye as well. Steven suggested, maybe give him a shot of whiskey. And I told him, no, you know you know what? Dad gave up drinking a few years earlier, and I don't think I want to change that right now. So after I read your letter, Tessa, we took turns saying a few words, whether quietly to ourselves or out loud, and then put a rose afterward. But everybody there did a little something for him. Then we took a a bale of hay. Half of it was laid underneath him. We had already made a nice little bed for him before lowering him in there. We weren't just putting him in the cold earth. It was a comfy, fluffy, warm straw bed. So this heavy earth wouldn't be on top of him, you know? And it made me feel better doing that. Well, Uncle Charlie took the first shovel full, then put it in. Then I did. And then we kind of went in a circle, just taking turns. We kept filling the grave until it was full. Then we moved the tiki torches from behind it and put them right on top of the grave. We gathered rocks that were around and made a circle around the grave itself. And we walked up the hill to the house and got a bonfire going, got the bottle of whiskey Stephen had brought, and we shared stories about Grandpa until two in the morning. Grandpa died around three in the afternoon. We had him buried by eight that evening. So, folks, there you have it a little look into a green burial experience. They must have done something right because out of the 10 people that came to the funeral, eight asked my mom and Mike if they can be buried up here on this property the exact same way. So curious, I asked my mom, you know, how much did the green burial cost you? Seems like these days you can't get under $10,000 for a funeral. It's just ridiculous, right? So her answer shocked me. Anyone want to guess? I'll wait a few seconds. Da, 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 $85, you guys. That included the death certificate, the quilt, and the roses. 
Later that summer, a lot of the family were able to gather at the property and we had a memorial for my grandpa, Charlie. I even made pamphlets in memory of him and handed them out like you would at a, you know, at a funeral. So we shared some more stories. My mom had gathered several crystals, quartz, tiger eye, amethyst, and what have you. We each picked one and put them around and on the grave. Then my mom put one of his beloved golf clubs on top of the grave. I really miss my grandpa, you know, and it's neat getting to visit him on the property. And the last time I actually hung out with him, I had to stay at his house and he was staying at this old folks place. So it was like, you know, a really small, tiny apartment kind of thing, not a house, but an apartment. And he had diabetes, as mentioned earlier. And my aunt, who's an ENT, she was trying to show me how to, you know, prick him to give him his insulin. And I have several tattoos, but I hate needles. I'm like one of those weirdos that I like freak out with needles. And so here I am trying to poke him and he's like, you're not doing it right. Do it again. And I'm just like, no. And so I just, you know, that was like the last time we hung out and I was starving that day. I, I can eat like a trucker. And he had nothing in the, in the apartment. And he's like, oh, I do remember. I have some lasagna. Thinking it was going to be a casserole dish. It was this tiny little TV dinner. So we ended up sharing this TV dinner. And we're both like, you know, oh, geez, this is some shitty lasagna, you know, making us Italians look bad. And <laughs> so I just thought I would share a grandpa story and throw that in there. But I, I do miss him a lot. And it's neat getting to visit him on the property. My mom and sister Casey and I have actually recorded some of our visits with him. And I had to talk to my sister because he did pass away on her birthday. And it was just to the point where she's like, I don't even want to feel like celebrating my birthday anymore. It just feels so weird. And I told her, you know, I think that he chose your birthday because he had cancer. He had, you know, he, he just had so, diabetes, so many different things happening with him, like all these horrific, you know, diseases just eating away at him. And it had to be so painful. And I just told her, you know, Casey, I think that he chose your birthday to not be in pain anymore. So take it how you will. But that's how, you know, I, I look at it. And so anyways, we've actually, we go visit him a lot since he's on the property and I record our visitations and surprise, surprise, we receive responses. So both of my grandpas, they were avid golfers. Both are gone now. And so I pick up his golf club that my mom put down that one day. And I ask him, Grandpa, can you tell me what I'm holding in my hand right now? And my recorder caught an amazing response, golf. And I asked him the same question, doing the same thing, like probably like a year later or something. And he said, golf club. So really cool stuff. This wasn't through the spirit box or the ovulus or another tool that you could hear right away, just the recorder. And he was the only male, like, you know, it's not like my stepdad was there or another guy. Um, it was just me, my sister, and my mom. So, so several times while there, my recorder has captured a man breathing heavily going unheard by us. Then on February 29th, it was a leap year folks in 2016, we experienced a warm spot. My male meter showed it being 49 degrees. So this was a, it was a kind of chilly day, but not too bad considering it was February and up in the mountains. 
And suddenly you saw it change to 56 degrees and felt the difference as well. So we've also caught dog sounds. And within six months of his passing, I need to mention that both of his dogs, Scooby and Baby, sadly passed away. And they're buried on the left and right side of him. Plus, my mom's beloved furry companion, German Shepherd, little guy is buried there too. So the episode pictures my grandpa's gravesite with my mom and her furry loved ones making candid appearances. So check it out. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Tell your family and friends all about it. Take a listen to the other episodes as well. They are equally awesome. Subscribe on CastBox, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and just about everywhere else you can find podcasts. See you next week. Today, I write songs when I feel this way. I grab my guitar and I play. I got the Merle Haggard blues today.